In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Darkness has descended upon the city, and the creatures of the night have begun to stir. This is the time when the veil between the realms of the living and the dead is the thinnest, and all that is is not what it appears to be. Like a lone sentinel, one candle flickers in the night, revealing all that lurks in the darkness. This is Ghost Chronicles, Book of Shadows. Welcome to the Nightmare. I picked up a 
big-ass dump truck, and mm-hmm. he just kept following me. And if I sped up, he sped up. If I slowed down, he slowed down. And this is a big-ass truck. It was just like something out of Stephen King. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say that. all the way home, all the way home. Right to your doorstep? Like right past by door- my doorstep. You didn't pull in my driveway, thanks, God. Wow. <laughs> that's creepy. That's really that's really creepy. Synchronicity? Coincidence? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> was, there, was there a grinning skull behind the wheel? <laughs> uh, no, you weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just scowl a picture next time we take one? <laughs> Can I scowl? Yeah, because okay. you smile. You get this big smile all the oh, time. I'm, I'm so sorry I'm a happy person. Yeah, well, you just got to end that. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways. Next, next picture, I'm going to be grumpy. Oh, there you. you go. Anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation right here on Tojinet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond, and probably in the radio on this big-ass truck that followed me home. Too. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so tonight we're going to talk about uh, our adventure there. Uh, first of all, we should tell people where we were and, and what we were up to. Well, we don't want to tell them what we were up to, but uh, we can tell them where we were, mm-hmm. I think. Right? I think so, yeah. 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 You want me want me to spill that? Yes, I will, because oh, okay. you're okay. so much more eloquent than I am. <laughs> well, we were at an event. It was a... Uh, Legend Tripping. Legend Tripping uh, which was hosted by Jeff Belanger and Tim Weisberg. Thank you, guys. Spooky South shout Coast. Out, shout out to Spooky South Coast um, yep. for hosting us, and it was a fabulous investigation. And uh, we went down to uh, – oh, want to do a shout-out to Bay State uh, Paranormal, Paranormal Society yep. as well because uh, they kind of um, – I actually went with them on the original investigation at Fort Tabor in New Bedford, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um so I want to send a shout-out to them because they kind of started that ball rolling because the people at Fort Tabor, I mean, they don't usually allow public investigations. They only let really? the public into the fort, I think, twice a year uh, into the fort itself. You can go on the grounds, which are gorgeous, mm-hmm. um, but actually to get into the fort itself, I think, um, is, is not a commonplace event. So that's where we were last Friday night. And we had a good time, uh, and we we do thank uh, the aforementioned people uh, about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, what's interesting is that you know, people think, you know, oh, somebody did an event somewhere, and so everybody else can do it. But a lot mm-hmm. of places aren't like that, and I'm finding out really true. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't even know how, you know... <laughs> I mean, Bay State had the good fortune to get in there. Probably, yep. I know uh, Rachel, Rachel Coombs and uh, Charlene. I mean, they they are pretty. Going back for the first time, so big shout out to them for me yep. as well. Yeah, I mean, they're very good at getting into places that other people can't get into. You know, right. so I, I know I have the opportunity to go in some special places that. I had sent you an email, but I can't talk about it right now. Mm-hmm. But they're reluctant because they have heard of other ghost groups that have done some stuff, and they're really reluctant to let ghost groups in. I mean, mm-hmm. I haven't had a problem because I do a, you know, a tremendous amount of work for uh, preservation and, and charities as well. So, uh, But there are ghost groups out there that are actually uh, causing problems for other groups, and they, I right. they don't even know it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But anyways, we have a young gentleman on the on the line from the fort. And before we do that, since this is the Halloween season, I thought we'd bring on one of your special ones of oh. cemetery tripping from Salem, Mass. Yahoo. Welcome to Cemetery Tripping, where I feature cemeteries that I hope you will seek out and enjoy as much as I do. As an avid taffophile or lover of tombstones, I spend a lot of time in the local New England area in the beautiful and historic cemeteries that we have here. The stones here are like no others, and I have literally thousands of pictures of the intricate and symbolic carvings found on them. You can see my pictures on Facebook by doing a search for Cemetery Tripping. Tonight, I would like to take you to Old Burying Point in Salem, Massachusetts, the oldest cemetery in Salem and the second oldest known cemetery in the country, started in 1637. What can I say about a cemetery that is situated in one of the most historically rich cities in the state? Given the tragic saga of the witch trials, which occurred here in the late 1600s, it is a place that resonates with spirits and sorrow. It is located on Charter Street next to the Witch Trials Memorial and contains many famous individuals such as Jonathan Corwin and John Hawthorne, who were judges in the Salem Witch Trials, Samuel Bradstreet, who was a governor of Massachusetts, and many more interesting historical figures. The traditional death's heads of most New England cemeteries are present here, but also some fantastic, morbid carvings typical of the Puritan era. The stone of Timothy Lindahl from 1698 features a full-body skeleton and an angel with a scythe. There is a rare, heart-shaped three-panel carving for the three children of Thomas Mould, Constable of Salem. The grave of Deliverance Parkman, a merchant, showing interesting carvings of double-sole effigies, one in cherub style and one in skull style, and numerous graves featuring death's heads, carvings with crossbones above them. Perhaps the most unusual epitaph is that of Daniel Richardson, who was killed by a moving house. I visited this cemetery on a raw and rainy day in October, which seemed fitting. The winding path which leads to the cemetery often contained grave markers right in the middle of it, standing like lonely sentinels over the resting place of their deceased. I found one marker off in a corner of the cemetery all by itself, another under a bush covered with ivy and an entire family plot around a huge gnarly oak tree, almost as if someone knew the stones would be sheltered forever from the elements. However, this cemetery is surrounded by the city, and the sight of graffiti on a wall overlooking the centuries-old graves reminded me of this fact. Many of the victims of the witch trials were not given gravestones, and were buried in unmarked graves near the site of their hanging. Abutting the cemetery is the Salem Witch Trials Memorial, which is a contemplative, peaceful site that contains 19 stone benches, each engraved with the name of the victim and how they died. On the day that I walked through this solemn memorial, each bench had a few colorful flowers scattered across it, with rain shining off the granite. It made me stop and think of how horribly these innocent people suffered. When you visit here, as you enter the memorial, stop and look down at the granite and brick work. Here you will see the actual selected transcripts from the trials of the victims with their professions of innocence. When you visit Salem, this is a site that should be high on your list of things to see. There is plenty of metered parking near the cemetery, and if you are there for the day, there's also a parking garage. Give yourself plenty of time to read the stones and visit the memorial. 
and be glad that you don't live in a village where the tales of a few teenage girls caused everyone to believe that the devil was real, close at hand, and acting in the real world. And little more than a sideways glance could seal your fate. Oh, that was cool. Wow. Going to be in Salem on Saturday doing spectral evidence along yes. with Salem Witch Kelly Spangler, right? Yay. The haunted hotel, Hawthorne Hotel. So, yep. anyways, uh, let's bring on our guest. Uh, he is from Fort Tabor. Tabor. I like to say Taba, but anyways, that's me, uh, Mister Wesley Grant. How are you guys? Hey, Wesley. How are you? Uh, by, the, by the way, uh, Bob, I didn't mean to scare you driving my truck home the other night. Um, <laughs> that was, uh, that, I, my intention was not to scare you in any way. That was no, uh, I, trust me, you don't scare me. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing scares Van Helsink. Wes just wanted to make sure you got home okay. Yeah, right. yeah actually, well, actually, actually, what it was was I got lost on my way home, and I think I ended up following Bob. Um, but. <laughs> I can always change my name. That's not a problem. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Ron, Bob, whatever. Hey, it yeah. all works. <laughs> so, 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 Wes, you actually uh, work at uh, Fort Tabir, as I like to say, but Tabor, as Ann likes to say. Yeah, the right way. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I, I work at Fort Tabor as a uh, as a volunteer. Um, I'm typically there Mondays, but I am also. I am also there, um, you know, for special events and, you know, whenever the, uh, the president of the museum and the, and the curator, if they need any help, I, you know, they call me for, um, any other things they need. Um, and, um, I've been there for over, over a year now and Mm -hmm. it's, it's been an absolutely incredible, um, learning experience. Um, I mean, the veterans that I work with, the events I've attended, uh, it's I, there's really no way to describe it. It's been an absolute honor to work at this at this building. Um, so I mean, the, you, you've attended the paranormal events. I mean, uh, Bay State did an investigation here, and I, I think you were, were uh, with them at that time, weren't you? Yes, sir. That was I was part of that yeah. one um, last year, and that uh, I was actually witness to three of the events that they recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, really? Yes, sir. Um, Two of them happened actually inside Fort Rodman, which is a stone fort on the Fort Tabor Crown. Mm-hmm. And the third one actually happened in the Millican Battery, which is the very large battery on the southwestern corner of the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but I so you, would you I like the, I'm sorry, go ahead. Would, would you like to kind of describe what happened? Yeah. Um, I, was in, uh, I was inside Fort Rodman with... Um, uh, Charlene and uh, a couple of the other people, and Rachel and a couple of the other people from from Bay State. And the only light that we had out that night was a was a three quarter moon, you know. So there was a lot of just natural ambient light. And as we were walking around the water side of the second level, uh, everybody saw what looked like a male silhouette go right underneath the lighthouse. Um, on the eastern side of the of the uh, fort, really? Um, yeah, I mean, and it, I mean, it was clear as day. We had no, we had maybe a small flashlight on, obviously, so we didn't trip over any of the you know debris that's fallen. But that was it, and it was just 
clear. I mean, it was clear as day. That's the best way I could describe it. It was a very um, bright moon that night. I re- I remember because yeah, it, it was almost full. Yeah, it was a moon, and it was yeah, like she said, it was just about full, and so mm-hmm. um, it really kind of gave. Um, it really kind of gave us a sense of just the natural feeling of the of the fort, you know, at night. Um, and so we got everybody set up um, over in that corner, you know, to, with their laser grids, their EVPs, and everything else. <laughs> um, Eric and I, we went back to where we had originally seen um, this silhouette, and he had literally just put his K2 sensor down on one of the window sills where the cannons would stick out. I was about eight feet to his right. Um, I put my K2 sensor on the ground, and we were just ready to, you know, kind of sit there to try to get a reading. And I looked to my right, and about eight feet in the air or so, there was this absolute brilliant bluish-white flare. Hmm. It was probably seven or eight inches long, and about three-quarters of the way up this flare, and up there was also what, uh, what looked like a half circle. It kind of reminded me of a wing. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I saw that, I turned to Eric, the guy I was with him, and I said to him, I said, did you just see, and Eric finishes my sentence, he said, a flash? And I said, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and we stood, stood there for about 20 minutes trying to get a reading. Um, and, I mean, it was just, I remember it vividly to this day because it was just, it was so clear. Um, and later that night, right, actually right in that same alcove where Eric and I saw the, uh, the flare, um, Eric also captured a, um, an infrared picture of a male silhouette inside really? Fort Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Um, and um, when we went back this time, when we went back last Friday, um, the, the, the man who we captured on the film, we found out, or got the impression, I should say, that he was still there. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the impression that it's a soldier who's still there watching over his post. And he's standing right near the edge of the second level, looking into the courtyard, awaiting orders. So, um, so let me ask you that. Let me stop you right there and ask you that. I mean, yeah. how do you get that impression? I mean, what is that? Just a, a thought in your your mind, or I mean, it's clearly evident you you can't prove that. So, I mean, is, is it right. is it just a feeling, or, or I'm just trying to get the 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 grasp of it. It, it. I guess it is more of a you know instinctual feeling. Because there's obviously, like you said, there's no way we could know. Um, but, you know, the, the, one, I, the one irony to both of these paranormal investigations and these things that we've, you know, sensed and discovered was when the Fort, when the Fort Chamber base was active, there was no military record of anybody either dying or being killed on this base. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but the, the overall impression that we got, like I said, especially in this alcove, was there is a man still there, and like I said, Eric captured this silhouette uh, last year, but the impression is that he's there still watching his post. So do you so, think that's more, more of residual energy than a, like an intelligent haunting? You know, I, I, I didn't get the impression that it was residual, okay. uh, only, only because it was, I, I think it was a lot stronger than it would be. Uh, you know, if it, if it was residual, probably, I don't think we would have gotten this clear of a definition of who it was. You know, but 
um, I mean, there is, you know, there's a feeling that there's somebody watching over Fort Rodman. Which is a good feeling. Yeah, actually it is. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, because especially, you know, with what I do volunteer-wise, you know, for the museum, but, you know, we're also trying to get the, the fort restored to its original, you know, brilliance. And it's nice to know that there's somebody kind of watching over it trying to help us out, you know. Yeah, uh, really. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I mean, also down in, in the Milliken Battery, uh, this was actually uh, what happened before um, I saw the flare in Fort Rodman. We, we had the entire group practically down in the Milliken Battery. Mm-hmm. And we were in the center. We were in the center of the battery, and we had a laser grid set up. We had the EVP set up. We had K two sensors all over the place. Mm-hmm. I was actually in the very back of the group. Everybody was, you know, was in front of me. And as they were, you know, asking the questions, as they were, as we were waiting for somebody, you know, to cross the laser grid and all that, I actually got the impression like somebody like took their their finger and was like sh- almost. Using it to like stroke the side, the right side of my neck, like trying to get my attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I turned around, I couldn't see anything because what was behind me was pitch blackness. I couldn't see, you know, we couldn't see anything because everybody had their lights off. But as soon as I looked behind me, that sensation stopped, and then I turned back, you know, to focus my attention on what was going on, and it would happen again. <laughs> so as soon as they were, I mean, I started almost getting a little. <laughs> a little anxious, you know, because I'm like, I wanted to just kind of blurt out, there's someone here. You know? <laughs> that would make me anxious, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, you know, so when I waited for everybody to finish, you know, what they were doing, and I and I think it was, um, I think it was Rachel that I finally grabbed, and I grabbed her and I said, we need to go to the back of the battery because someone <laughs> was, you know, avidly trying to get my attention. So, um, and we didn't actually find anything, you know, as far as that uh, you know, since that sensation. But the next group that went back, they actually got an EVP recording of children playing inside wow. of Milliken Valley. Yeah. That's weird. So, um, in this time when we went, um, we actually had a couple of very interesting experiences. Uh, if you're going to talk about the Milliken, Milliken thing, we're not going to, we'll ask you to hold up on that because Mike, okay, no, was that? Yeah, Mike is going to actually cover that. He's coming on the second half okay. of the show, and yeah. So, um, but uh, the question I was going to ask you is that when you volunteer there, have you had any other experiences when, like, there were no ghost hunting groups going, or you know, just in the normal everyday uh, carry on stuff? You know, I, I one of the things I do before I go in for my volunteer days, I actually go over to Fort Robin and I walk around the outside. Um, you know, to check for any new, you know, graffiti or anything that people have put on it or whatever. Um, and I do, get, I do get the impression that actually, when I once I get to the water side, you know, the back, kind of the back side of the fort, I do get the impression that I'm being watched. Hmm. Um, and it's, um, it's not like a like a, a threatening, you know, feeling. It's um, it, it feels just kind of more like curiosity, like somebody's curiously looking at whoever's walking around. Um, I, I do get the impression, a lot of impressions like that actually inside the museum. Um, really? Primarily, yeah, primarily inside, you know, uh, the museum is separated into two wings. Uh, one wing that covers from the Revolutionary War through World War II, 
and our newer wing covers from the Korean War through uh, the Iran and Afghan conflicts. Um, and it's primarily in that older war section that I seem to kind of get the feeling, you know, like that feeling like there's someone else there, you know, when there is, in fact, no one there. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and, it, and it's it's pretty strong. Um, um, it's uh, it's it's hard to describe, I guess, because <laughs> you know it's it, like you said, it's the feeling of being watched, but then you kind of you also kind of want to know, want to know who it is, but right. again, you're not able to kind of pinpoint that. Do you think it's it's got something to do with all the artifacts that are that are uh, located there? Yeah, I do. I, I I think there is some kind of um, you know residual energy, um, especially on the uniforms that we have, um, especially on the uh, the medals that we you know the, the military medals that we have there. Mm-hmm. And right. I, I I do think that's very very possible. Um, I mean, I've had personal experiences in my life that are that are similar, um, and it, you know. With all of the artifacts that we have in the museum, I mean, everything there is authentic to the era. It's all been donated by the soldiers or their families. So, yeah, I, I, I really do think it has something to do with the fact that, you know, these are like actual military uniforms and military items that people owned and touched and handled. Right, artifacts. Uh, artifacts, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, like I said, we have uniforms, weapons, medals, uh, uh, we even have, I think we have old canteens and, in, 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 uh, you know, artillery pouches and things like that. I mean, it's, we have just about every kind of military, you know, object that a soldier can hold. Right. Um, well, we're, we're just about a minute into the half, so if you've got any last thing you would like to tell us uh, about any experiences, we'll have to have you on again and get an update of what's going on there as well. But yeah. uh, we're just, just about out of time right now. Anything you want to add uh I just really just said, uh, I think we had we had an incredible night Friday night, and I thank everybody who participated. Um, and I, I hope actually we can do it again because I think um, you know I think one day maybe we'll figure out exactly who is helping us watch over the ground. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I, and very quickly, about thirty seconds. I know we had Tiffany there, and there was another psychic there as well. Did they ever give you an impression of who this soldier was? Really, the only thing we got the sense of, and, and the, the, the psychic I was walking around with, was, her name was Paula, and she and I, you know, she and I were in that alcove, and she got the sense that it was just kind of a, um, not, you know, like a younger soldier, maybe late 20s, early 30s. Um, that's really all we got. We, we couldn't get anything like a name or anything like that. Well, but, Leslie, uh, I hate to tell you this, but we just about run out of time. We want to thank you so much for being on the show. We've been speaking with Wesley Grant from Fort Tabor. Thank you, Wesley. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Wes. Nice to talk to you again. Nice to talk to you again. Have a good night. You too. We'll be right back after the following messages right here on Tojinet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. Welcome to Tojinet, radio with a cutting edge. Everything you heard about witches is true. Halloween is the time of year when the shades of the dead whisper from forgotten places and spirits walk among us. The witches of Salem, Massachusetts, honor this time with Festival of the Dead, an annual event series that explores death's macabre customs, heretical histories, and strange rituals. Founded by Salem witches, Sean Poirier and Christian Day, 
and hosted by the foremost authorities on the spirit world. Festival of the Dead beckons guests to step through the veil into a mysterious realm where spirits await you. To learn more or to purchase tickets, visit festivalofthedead.com or call 978-740-9783. Happy Halloween! <laughs> the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future then circles of wisdom is just the place for you circles of wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more located on route 28 in downtown andover massachusetts we carry a large selection of books and music crystals and gemstones jewelry and gifts sage aromatherapy and so much more all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place an oasis in this hectic world. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann. And we're talking about our investigation last Friday from Fort Tabor in New Bedford, Massachusetts. Yep, right here on TojiNet. RX, Ghost Channel, and beyond. If anybody has any questions for us, by the way, they certainly can reach us in the chat room at uh, the TojiNet chat room, the Parax chat room, or our page, which is what, in? We're at Ghost Chronicles-Next Generation on Facebook, and hop on and like us, Woo-hoo. even if you don't. But Pretend, like us. yeah. Everybody yeah. likes us. Come on. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, they like, like me. They like you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't get death threats. This is true. I don't have crazy truck drivers following me home in the dead of night. <laughs> well, I know I should have paid that bill at the IHOP. There you go. There you go. Well, you know, you told me to duck out the back door. <laughs> now we couldn't get away with not two, two cops sitting there all night. I know. <laughs> that was really funny. Yeah. Anyway. They were guarding uh, the door looking for drunks. It probably was. And also, uh, they can also reach us to 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869. And uh, once again, Ann and I will be reunited at uh, Salem at uh, Spectral Evidence yes. this this Saturday. Saturday. So, yeah, I Woo. think there are some tickets left, although I, I know most of them are sold. So, ah. You should lose, you lose. I also awesome. have a couple of other events coming up, too. I do want to mention that's Dining with the Dead on uh, October 24th at the Wyndham Restaurant. Uh, it's going to be Ouija boards. And also on October 27th, I will be doing the Gothic uh, Night of the Living Shadows at the VZ Estate, which is really cool. It's it's magic and paranormal events, and it's a real interesting night. So mm-hmm. uh, check out the website, anyghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com, and there you go. Excellent. 
Excellent. So anyways, we have a gentleman on the line right now who you've known since high school. And, <laughs> and you know, he's an all right, a good guy, you know, because he's a soul brother. He's, a, he's either Polish or Lithuanian or something. I don't know. <laughs> so anyways, and probably one of the, the top, top EVP uh, guys in at least New England, if not the uh, country, uh, Mr. Mike Markowitz. Good evening. Markowitz. Markowitz, Markowitz. Markowitz. Yay, he said it right. Hi, Mike. You got it right. <laughs> Mike, it's always great to, to talk with you. You are the author of the book, what? Uh, EVP, Electronic Voice Phenomenon, Massachusetts Ghostly Voices. Right, which comes with a CD loaded with EVPs that you've captured through many years of investigating. Correct. It's a good CD. It, uh, it will challenge you on your listening abilities, which is what it's for. Uh, mm-hmm. Some easy ones and some hard ones, but uh, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. Right. And uh, it's funny, but this time at uh, Spectral Evidence, we are giving out our own little EVP of some of the ones that we've captured with the Ghost Project uh, disc. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Good stuff, Roy. Everybody loves yeah. EVPs. Right? Oh yeah. I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always like the highlight, I think. You know, everybody's like, play the EVPs, play the EVPs. <laughs> really? I think so. I always thought it was the naked dancer, but that's not quite Oh right. well, you know, it depends where you are. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Mike, uh, you've been doing a s well EVPs, how long you've been you've been doing them? Eight years now. Eight years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how did you get involved in it? Uh, it was that one recording, you know, the uh, the proverbial one recording that you hear. Um, just kind of strikes a nerve. You know, you listen to it, and the little switch goes off in the brain. And um, that was it for me. I went out immediately and got myself a recorder, and I started recording. And um, I really haven't looked back since. I'm still doing it. I have more equipment, but I'm still out there recording just audio. You know, it's it just kind of stuck with me. You know, and I find that amazing because, uh, you know, everybody likes EVPs, but nobody really, you know, doesn't religiously or or really uh, uh, becomes the the focal point. There are only a few of you. I mean, I know you and I know uh, uh, Karen Marcy was another one that's pretty much sure. And uh, Jim Stonier as well. And uh, and actually, Mark Nesbitt from Gettysburg is actually an excellent EVP guy, too. So what what makes you guys the, that breed to, to do it as as a lifelong uh, vocation? Insanity. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because it's a lot of work. It really is. Oh, you have no idea. It's, um, it does borderline insanity. I mean, anybody that really wants to get into the field, I would say, you know, I use this analogy because it, it's actually fairly accurate. Um I want, you know, I'll take a pencil, I'll put it in front of them, and I'll say, okay, now I want you to stare at that pencil. And after a half an hour, I want, I want you to tell me everything that you learned about that pencil. Because that's basically what you're doing with these audio recordings. You're listening, and you're listening, and you're listening, and you're <laughs> trying to absorb all the sound that you can, and then, you know, decipher the whispers or the voices that do not belong in that recording, so it um, it takes hours and hours of uh, you know listening in order to uh, to do that. So you get a one hour recording, 
And next thing you know, three or four hours may have slipped by you because it's just so much time involved with doing it. And I think that's what the really what the main factor is that um, people just breeze through the evidence because they've got six, seven hours worth of recording time. So um, they don't feel like listening to all that, mm-hmm. uh, you, know, re- you know, reliving the uh, the investigation. Whereas I, when I do my recordings, what I do is I make shorter clips. I'll go in for five minutes, ten minutes, twenty minutes. And then I go to a different location and do the same thing. So I'm not just recording from one end of the investigation through the other. That, that's just way too tedious. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So there's, there's a little bit of a method to the madness. Yeah. And, I mean, it, can it be it's, – it's tantamount to sometimes, you know, with the softer ones, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. Like, I think that you really need sharp hearing and um, – you know, just to recognize and pull it out, um, you know, yeah, you everything to, else. Yeah, you have to become familiar with it, and that's the thing. You know, practice makes perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always I always equate this uh, analogy as well as like a good auto mechanic will listen to your engine and be able to tell you if it's running properly. But I'll listen to it, and I go, I don't hear anything. I just hear the car running, you know. <laughs> but, um, but because they have, uh, you know, a special interest, and that engine, they can tell you everything about it. So uh, it's kind of like that, and it does take a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting. Like I mentioned in the beginning is that you and Ian were in high school together, and yet uh, and now you you are both on the same team together, I think. Uh, East State, East, what's the name of that team? Bay State, yeah, Bay State. No, 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 not Bay State. East East Bridgewater's most haunted, excuse me. Yes, that was the original, yeah. The original we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, for Ann and I, yeah, that's that's true. You know, she got into the the project after I did, which is going into the uh, cable station, the Comcast cable station at East Bridgewater High School, and I went through the course, and my intent was to make a show, a local show, uh, doing, uh, you know, haunts and stuff and going on investigations. But I just didn't have the time to do it. And then Ann did the exact same thing. She went through the course, and she said, oh, yeah, I'm going to put a put a show together. Mm-hmm. And she got in contact with me. Uh, I'm not sure how. I think through um, the, uh, the station <laughs> through manager. Yep. Yeah, through the station manager. And uh, she said, hey, contact this guy. And she did, and... And that was it. We um, just kind of reconnected, and we had the same same mindset. So we we started going around and um, you know doing programs local you know locally, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it, it was really funny because Russ was like, "Oh my God, I just had a guy come through here, and and he wanted to do. He says he does recordings, and uh, what were the odds on that? You know, I know. And, uh, I was actually starting. I was actually working there at the time, so it just part time though. So it was very funny. So how many shows did you guys do together? Uh, six. Six. And I, and I have probably four more uh, in the can, so to speak, <laughs> just, uh, that I never I Opened. never got to, you know, mm-hmm. never had the time to finally produce them. Maybe someday I will. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But Anyways, um, I, I know that we're really into this now, but uh, Mike, you were there at uh, the Spooky South Coast event, and uh, leg- well, I call it Spooky South Coast. I guess it's, it's really yeah, Legend Jeff Tripping, Pal- Legend yeah. Tripping, Jeff Belanger, and uh, Tim Weisberg. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, did 
you, I forget, you were, did you spend the entire time at Tabor, uh, uh, Milliken? No, I, um, I, I traveled around a bit. I um, pretty much went to uh, just about every, every battery that was there. I recorded in the, uh, in the museum. I recorded at, uh, the, at Tabor, um, you know, Milliken. I was at, you know, um, uh, basically all of them. Walcott, Walcott, I had some great stuff happen too. I mean, it, overall, it was a fantastic night there. Um, I had I had some I had some really good uh, personal experiences that happened there. That um, some of them are just almost defined description and and its simplicity. And it's well, why don't we talk a little bit about that? That's why you're here. So yeah, why, why don't you uh, let us set it up and let us know what happened. Yeah, the first thing that happened, um, I was in the fort itself, um, which, which is actually it's a it's a very eerie feeling when you walk through and you step into the courtyard, uh, because granite walls are so tall and it, it gets very very quiet as soon as you step in and you kind of like know that you're in a different place, you know. But um, during the, that was my first stop, and. I was standing there with uh, Tiffany Rice and Stephanie Burke talking to them, and there was a woman up on the second floor in back of them, and I was kind of facing the, the two ladies, and I was also facing the person who was taking the picture. And as she took a flash picture, just to the right, or Stephanie's left, um, when the flash went off, I saw an apparition of a, ch- uh, of a girl, a young, a young woman, um, she had long dark hair. She had glasses on uh, with thick frames uh, and what looked like um, a white uh, white top on, and she was missing basically from the waist down. <laughs> but it was, only in that, it was only in that flash that it happened, and I have no explanation for it other than I know what I saw. <laughs> and it's another one of the things you can't prove. I hope maybe someone caught something on the camera that, mm-hmm. that actually took, took the picture. I'm hoping for that. Hopefully that that person will come forward, um, you know, and contact maybe uh, Tim Weisberg or Jeff Belanger on that because um, at that moment is where I saw it, and uh, it was fascinating and it was so close. The thing was only about three feet in front of me. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It was it was unbelievable. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't see things too often. I hear stuff all the time, but uh, not often do I see it. But that was that was. Exceptional, and she wasn't, um, you know, days of old. She was um, relatively new, which is what um, the mediums was, were talking about. That a lot of the spirit activity that was there, as far as they could understand it, is relatively new. Not not too much going back to the, uh, you know, to the old days. But a lot of people who were, you know, affected by the place, if they were hanging out or whatever. Um, but it was very very interesting. I wonder why she was there. No idea. I mm-hmm. was standing right next to her, looking at me. Though it was, it was a little <laughs> freaky, but it was it was cool at the same time. You know. Uh, let me ask you a stupid question because I mean, you and I have talked to, about this before, in that you have had experiences with a uh, woman who you've never seen. Do you do you think it's the same woman, perhaps? No, um, I don't think it's the same one. This was a new one. Um, I do have somebody who follows me around saying my name. Uh, she'll yeah. whisper, she'll whisper my name, Michael, uh, all the time. Not, I mean, not constantly, but each time that I'm recording. Oh, that's me. Uh, she, 
excuse there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt that in. <laughs> and it's, uh, it was creepy at first, but, you know, after a while you get to accept it. And, um, but I don't think it was her. No, I, re- I really don't. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, anyways, we actually have a couple of clips, and I want to get those in before we run out of time. And I think the first one is called Contact or something like yeah. that. Yeah, this one was was taken from um, Walcott, which is right next to uh, the big the, the big uh, granite structure. And uh, it's an old battery. And I was on top of it, and I was walking down the stairs. And then all of a sudden I heard a, a female voice say, hold me. And I kind of like, you know, perked my ears up and I said, oh, here we go. I, I heard that. And then she says, help me. And then you'll hear me respond with, I can't help you. And then immediately after I say that, she says, again. And then she exhales in like frustration, you know. And um, But that's a, a spirit that comes in, you know, and I can hear her on my recorder because I'm listening with the headphones on. I respond to her and then she answers back again. So I'm actually having a conversation with spirit. Hmm. A small really? one, but but nevertheless, there it is. Right. Okay. So can we play that in? internet things yeah um, the, the other one will be better but uh I oh, yeah. the other one is freaking awesome uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it, oh yeah it's another one of those odd um audible voice phenomenons they call it avp because you know you hear it you know everybody else can hear it you know and mm-hmm. it's 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 uh, one of those things that's in the air around you but um right. this one is actually um tim weisberg was there yeah, actually, we're not, I'm not going to have you talk and set it up at all. I just want to play it okay. because it just, let's play it and then we'll talk about it because it sure. it, it just it, it's it's awesome. Just can we play that, Anna? The next one, please. I'm touching my hand, or if that's just because I feel cold over here all of a sudden. All right, kind of right in front, right here. Oh, what the hell? Yeah. What happened? Was that you? Somebody else walks over to feel the cold spot, 
And then what sounds like the ceiling collapsing right over him and their reaction to it. And everybody else was was yelling as well. I mean, it was a little uh, bit of a panic because mm-hmm. of how loud it was, and it had a lot of impact. But there weren't any bricks shaken loose. The cement was all intact. I mean, there's like 16 feet of cement above them, and it's all military cement. It's not like cheap stuff, you know what I mean? There was not. <laughs> There was not nothing like the, that not like the deep big dig stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but um it's it's extremely interesting because there was a lot of people there that you can you know you can hear in the recording all yelling and swearing and there you know people came running to find out what happened. And right after that there was a, a very bad smell that permeated the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, right after that and but they were just but they were just left gobsmacked because they just there's no explanation for it, and it's just an absolute crazy EVP. I'll tell you, um, it really did shake up Tim Weisberg quite a bit because it, he, it was right over his head when it happened. Right. And the interesting thing, I, I saw someone yelling, is there a demon there? Mm. Yeah, what because that? what it is, it's one of the people who came running into the into the place where they were, and on the back wall, somebody had spray-painted a face of a demon. Mm. So as, <laughs> So as he came in and the flashlights were all on, the first thing he saw on the wall was a five-foot-tall face. <laughs> <of a> t- <laughs> so, he hears, so he hears all this crashing. He comes in and he sees this big face on the wall. And, you know, oh, <laughs> kind of wow. funny. But that's why he said, is that a demon? He's like, what the hell's going on? He smells the rotten smell. Yeah, and no, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a remarkable uh uh, the audio. Uh, can, can we play that one more time, Andrew? I think that's just awesome. I don't know if you're touching my hand or if that's just because I, I feel cold over here all of a sudden. All right. Kind of right in front right here. Oh, f***! Holy f***! What the hell What happened? Was that you? Yeah. yeah. And, well, it happened in here, but we don't know where it was. It sounded like it was coming from up top. What the f***? You okay? Yeah. What the hell is that? It's moving right there. Holy shit! What's that? That broke, I think. Why? Oh my god, it smells so bad right here, guys. What is that? A demon over there? A demon? What the f just happened? What happened? Where were we? Yeah. Well, we know where we were. Well, we, yeah, we were in Milken at the same time, weren't we? Uh, sure. <laughs> well, that that Milliken is really creepy. That yep, that and and we had an experience in uh, you know, the hallway, another hallway there. Uh Ron and I. So What happened? Yeah, actually, be, before we get to that, I just want to one more quick. You were actually there when this all went down, Mike, right? Actually, no, I wasn't in there. Um this this recording came from one of the other investigators. Um, that was that was there um, when they came back from Milliken. I was playing the um, my uh, EVP of my interaction with that person over at Walcott. They came running in and said, "Hey, you've got to hear something." Oh my you know, God! He, so you weren't there either, huh? Oh no, I was. Well, they broke us up into four different groups. Because right? Yeah, there was I understand that. Forty people. So we we got to get uh, we got to get Tim Weisberg on the show to to give us another update on this thing too because mm. yeah, yeah. It, it, but uh, was, I mean yeah. that's phenomenal you did a, you did a phenomenal job in uh, you know recording that or I mean uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for, converting it so uh, we could hear it, because that, that is a remarkable piece of audio. Yeah, you should hear it right, uh, right off the computer uh, with headphones on. It's amazing. You can hear <laughs> just the bricks falling. It's, but that's just the strange thing about it. There's nothing had fallen. I mean, we just don't have an explanation for it. It's absolutely bonkers. Right. And it's really, I mean, Milliken, you, you wouldn't even know. I mean, it's, it's basically, if you were to fly over Milliken, you would never know it was it. there. Yeah. No, you wouldn't see it at all. Because you know, it's covered with that. trees um, and earth. Yeah. When, I, yeah. when we were at the museum, I was talking to Rachel, and I said, you know, about Milliken, and there's so much trash in there. I said, you know, someone's got to go in there with, a, you know, with like a bobcat and just clean that entire thing out. That's what they really need to do. Yeah. And so when I, when I went in there, somebody went in with the bobcat and completely cleaned it out. Really? Really? <laughs> yeah. And I came back and I said, Rachel, did you notice uh, Milliken? She goes, yeah. You had mentioned that something about a bobcat cleaning it out. I said, yeah. When I went in there, that's exactly what happened. She's like... <laughs> This place is freaky. <laughs> Good Lord, I can't even imagine how much was in there before the bobcat went oh, through. Man. There was there was a path through there, and there's all debris. Oh. Well, yeah, it was really bad. Because it was pretty treacherous when we were in there, I felt. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, Ann and I actually had our own little experience there. Of course, yeah. it wasn't anywhere as dramatic as that. No, no. But, uh, but, you want to tell them about it, Ann? Yeah, yeah. We, I mean... We walked around a couple of times and, um, you know, poked our heads in various... Took lots of pictures. <laughs> took lots of pictures, yeah. Um, came upon a corridor that was probably, I don't know, pathway, kind of in the middle of um, of the, the layout. And I said, I said, well, let's, you know, we'll do some pendulum here. So, um, you know, Ron was holding the flashlight so I could hold the pendulum and see what I was doing. I could not... Now, I mean, I do pendulum all the time, Ron as well. When you use the pendulum, I mean, you kind of get used to it, you know, as soon as you, you, you ask it, you know, show me yes, show me no. And it usually, you know, almost always does. The pendulum in my hand, almost as soon as I, I dropped it, just was not moving. Not moving. Would not move. Would not show me yes. Would not show me yo. No. Oh, God, there's pizza from the dead already. Wow. But, you know, long story short, the damn thing would not move, and I felt a tension in that chain like I have never felt before. I, I felt like, I mean, I could move my whole arm and back and forth, and that pendulum did not budge. That chain was straight wow. as a pencil. It, I've never, ever, I mean, I've had my help, pendulum held before, but never yep. like that. <laughs> that sounds obscene. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would think that, yeah. But uh, that was a very creepy hallway, and I didn't. As soon as I turned the corner in there, I'm like, I don't really like it in here, <laughs> and I don't usually get that. Right. Yeah, and, and I know that was the uh, pizza from the dead, so uh, we got to wrap it up. But I, I noticed that Paula was in the uh, chat room, and she had something she wanted to say. Why don't we get that in before? Uh, uh, Paula says, and I saw the soldier crouch down, holding his head, something loud. That was just before the group went in that heard the crash. We thought that may be what was happening. There was one other guy yelling for his buddy in another room as well. So um, so well, she was seeing up. something. Right. You know, so that's Paula. Uh, actually, that's your wife, isn't it? That's Mike? Mike's wife. Yes, it is. Yep. Uh, yep. And uh, I guess I'm guessing she's a medium. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, she's she's uh, actually quite talented in that field, and um, she she was definitely picking up some stuff in the uh, at Milliken. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's interesting. But anyways, unfortunately, we have run out of time, Mike. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, and I love the work you do, and keep it up, my friend. And um, once again, you. What's that? Can I, give a, can I give a couple of shout outs? Oh, of course you can. Yeah, my uh, I got, uh, new friends in the para, paranormal field uh, Pam, Doug, Charlotte, and Hunter, and my uh, longtime friend Jordy. And I also like to thank uh, Legend Tripping, uh, Tim Weisberg, Jeff Belanger, Matt Moniz, Andy Lake that were there. It was a fantastic night. Everybody had an absolute blast. Everybody got a lot of uh, evidence. Uh, overall, it was an absolute successful night, and they raised a lot of money for the fort, which they appreciated because they can keep the heat on all through the winter. Great. <laughs> yeah. awesome. and what, once again, your book is? EVP, Electronic Voice Phenomenon, Massachusetts Ghostly Voices. And it's on our Facebook page. Go check it out. All right. So, Mike, thank you so much. Thanks, Mike. All right. I know. Good night. Well, another show down the tubes, so there you go. Yeah, that flew. That flew. So I will see you on Saturday, Saturday, my friend, and prepare for... Saturday on there. Yep. So, good night, and God bless, everyone. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night.